Give at me. We're ready to go. Let's pray before we begin. Father, I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. I pray that the Holy Spirit leads us into the truth of the Word of God. I thank you for revelation knowledge to come forth, wisdom and insight to come forth today as the Word is proclaimed in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I, uh, I could almost call this part two. I haven't got a release from what we was talking about last week. Some were not here. Some were busy in the kitchen preparing the meal and so on and so forth. But there was something that happened uh, a week or so ago that really ignited something in my spirit. And I think this is very important for us as we, as we grow and as we learn in the things that Jesus has for us. So we're going to begin in John's Gospel, chapter 16. Verse 33, Jesus says that I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Boy, I'd underline that. In me you will have perfect peace and confidence. So outside of him you could expect a different result. But he says, in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials, distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, be certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you, and I have conquered it. For you. Isn't that wonderful? In me you shall have peace. In me you shall have uh, all of these things that Jesus has given to us. Apart from him, outside of him, outside of the household or the address of faith, the, these things is going to be a different story. You know, if, Familiar scripture in Revelations, it says, and they overcame. Jesus said in John 16 that he is the overcomer. And he has caused us to be an overcomer as well. Agreed? So the word today that kept going back and forth in my heart was overcomer. Is there any overcomers here? This is key word because all through the New Testament, especially in the book of Revelation, it speaks to those who overcome. To those who overcome, I will give the hidden manna. To those who overcome, all through the word of God, it speaks of overcoming. Revelations 2 or 12 and 11 says they overcame him. They overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame him. But I want to show you something that's a, that's a blessing to me, and may it be a blessing to you. It says the word of their testimony. I like to look at that as the word in their testimony. The word in their testimony. Some people don't think Pastor Mike pays attention, but he does. And when people testify and they say, God blessed me with this marvelous car. See, there's word in that testimony. The machinery fell on me and could have crushed me, could have, could have killed me, could have done permanent damage. But God protected me. God spared me from that. The list goes on and on. And we, we heard some great testimonies today. Amen. And all of the testimonies contained the word. Jordan is blessed. God has uh, done all of these wonderful things to him. You said your household is healthy. You're well. You lack for nothing. 
thanks be to God. So it's not the word of our testimony. I like to think of it as the word in our testimony. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, how did you ever drive 32 years back and forth from Wichita and never hit a deer? You've rarely ever broken down. And I said, well, I'd like to tell you. Before I ever leave the parking lot, I say a little prayer to keep all of the animals out of the road, to keep all hazards and harm, so on and so forth. And God is faithful to do that. So I've got a testimony that I'll share with you. See, I was coming home the other night in my old truck, which is a wonderful little truck. But eight miles out, the thing really started chugging and carrying on. And I knew I was coming to an end. Something wrong here. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. Not right here because it was impossible to really pull over safely. There was no shoulder and I didn't want to be on the road. And, and something weird happened as I slowed the truck down and actually got as far as I could go. I shut the lights off and the engine picked back up again. So I thought, whoa. I turned the lights on, the engine shut the lights off. So I had some word I had to put on this testimony. I said, thank you, Lord Jesus, for the angels that you've dispatched round about me. We are going to go home in the name of Jesus in stealth mode. <laughs> it was blacker than pitch out that night. And I turned my lights on a couple times to make sure I knew where I was at. And as soon as I turned the lights on, turn them back off. And I prayed that the angels would carry me home, that I would get home without any harm, that I was not going to walk, I was not going to have to call anybody, I was not going to be, I refused to believe that I was going to be broke down. I prayed that the police was all in their uh, police station or at the coffee shop, wherever they hang out at, that they wasn't going to hassle me. And I come all the way home eight miles in total darkness. But it's the word in our testimony. We all have wonderful testimonies, and it is Jesus who is caring for us, protecting us, supplying for us, all of these things. So I enjoy that. Hallelujah. But what I read just a minute ago, it said, In this world you shall have tribulation. We're going to learn something today. I, I'm going to learn something. I think it's very wonderful. If you don't shut me off, I believe we'll all learn something. In this world, you should have tribulation or pressure or trouble, persecution, afflictions, trials, or testing. Somebody say amen. But we are overcomers. Yes. We are overcomers. It speaks of being overcomers. And if we never had anything to overcome, what good would it be? Are you with me? There's always things that's going to pop up, but it says that we are overcomers through all of these obstacles. And I believe that. I believe that there is a lot of pressure in the days that we live in, but we are overcomers by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we must understand what we're overcoming. 1 John 5 and 4, I like this word overcome. Trials, testings, tribulations, pressure, all of these things is going to come your way. And this is going to be a good message. I'm not going to give you the beat down. But I don't know anybody in here or anybody at all that does not have pressure and trials from time to time. But he wants us to be able to overcome them. It's a great negative thing in the church today is because when every, every time something pops up, pressure, they just leave the address of faith and they go and move out to go somewhere else. 
they feel that God is just going to make everything so wonderful and so gracious, but he wants us to be overcomers. In Joshua's day, when they finally crossed the river and went into the promised land, they had many battles to fight. Amen? They just didn't sugarcoat everything and make everything wonderful. They found out that God's word is true, that God had promised, and they shall overcome. Let me say that again. God promised, and they knew those who believe his word shall overcome. So we look at 1 John 5 and 4, part 2 of last week. Some scripture verses. It says, for whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If the devil can't stop you from being born again, what he is going to do is shut down your faith. Or he's going to try to get you into a place of unbelief where you've drifted from the promises of the word of God. That you're residing at an unknown address. But he does not want us to leave the household of faith. He wants us to depend on our faith, which means we are depending on the promises of God that they are true and they are for us. The Amplified says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Our continuous, persistent uh, faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I said last week in that scripture, we will finish with that one, but we as believers, we could be in faith or out of faith at any time. Are you with me? Moving on. Another translation says, Everyone who is a child of God has the power to win against the world. Everyone has the power to win against the world. Because every child of God is able to defeat the world. Everyone who is a child of God has the power to win against the world, and it is our faith that gives us the victory against the world. So faith is absolutely a cornerstone principle that we have to have. We have to believe that the word of God is forevermore, and it's forever true. Amen. But I wanted you to see something, because in the Jewish Bible, it says... Very importantly, because everyone which has God as its father overcomes the world. And this is what victoriously overcomes the world. Our trust. So we find out that trust and faith is really synonymous. You have to trust something to believe in. I would imagine. Do you agree? So this is wonderful because, and this is what victoriously overcomes the world, our trust. I believe as our faith grows, our trust will grow as well. Hallelujah. This is going to be good stuff. We learned last week that trust, let me get this note. Trust and testings are interchangeable. We don't like to hear about testings, but that's part of life. Trials, tribulations, it all virtually means the same thing. So we found out in James 1 and 3 that the trying of your faith works patience. So your faith is going to be put to the test. Your faith is going to be tried and we found out that many words mean the same thing. But I like that trust and test are synonymous one to another. It said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Knowing what? 
Knowing what? Let me read you some more. Hallelujah. Well, first of all, who is doing the testing? You don't have to answer. Does God ever lead you into a place of testing? See, we we, we got to we got to do some thinking here. We got to let the Holy Spirit minister some things to us. There is no standalone scripture in the Word of God. Everything will bear itself out in other places. So, does God ever prove our faith? And if so, what method does He use to develop our faith? What method does he not use? So we find out that our faith will be tried. What happens after the test? Promotion. Boy, Scott's a good listener. After you pass the test, you're going to be promoted. I don't know if they do this anymore, but it used to be if you was in fifth grade and you didn't pass the test, you never seen sixth grade. There was a test that determined the next step. The next step. And God wants us to be overcomers. So we're going to have tests and trials come up. We have to know who they're coming from. What the testing is all about. Amen. But after you pass the test, there's going to be a promotion. I don't understand the people who say, well, I'm saved. I required the minimum requirement, I'm saved. But they never really advance to anything because they are happy staying at the elementary level. They're not going to be very good overcomers. Do you agree? The first time pressure comes, they're gone. They, you know, I can't hold up to that. I didn't sign up for this. But we know God is good. We say it all of the time. Hallelujah. So we're back to James 1 and 3. Knowing this, let me read a couple scriptures. Amplified says, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. It will lead you to an inner peace. It will lead you to spiritual maturity after you get over this hurdle. The Jewish Bible says, For you know that the testing of your trust produces perseverance. So once again, it does not say faith. It says trust. Hallelujah. That the testing of your trust produces perseverance. The NIV says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And the New Living, the last one, says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So we're growing in God. We're going, hopefully, to a higher place in Him. We know that things will happen in our day-to-day life. But it says that we're overcomers in all of them things. We're overcomers because we are in him. So that sounds to me like a good place to stay. In him. So all of this last week stemmed from my visit from the Jehovah Witness. You know, I don't mind talking to him. Sometimes I like to debate with him. And I do it in love. Unfortunately, most of the times they catch me is five minutes before I go out the door to go to work. Or I'm in the shower or something, so I don't never see them. But two young ladies came to witness. And I'll stick this in because last week I couldn't help it. You know, I commended them because they are not ashamed of what they believe. I've never had a Baptist knock on my door and share their faith with me, nor a Catholic, nor a Presbyterian, 
not even a Pentecostal. But they're not afraid of going out there and witnessing what they believe. So they said, may I have just a moment of your time? And I said, sure. They said, I've got three quest two or three questions to ask you. They said, uh, do you believe that all of the things that's happening on planet Earth is a design of God? I said, absolutely not. Why is it you feel that way? So we had a great dialogue back and forth, and they wanted to come back and visit and so on and so forth. But they sparked something within me, and we find that in James 1, 12, and I think Bruce has got it on the board. But this is a great thing to talk about. We talked about it last week. Do we have uh, James 1, 12 through 16 on there? So this tells us really all of these answers we need to know. Who is it that's testing us? It, does God test? Is it the devil that tests? We, he gets a lot of credit for things that he doesn't always do. Most of the time, it's our flesh. But watch this. It says in the Amplified, blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, Favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when he is tempted. For when he has passed the test and has been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For temptation, trials, tribulations, pressure does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Underline evil. God does not test us in the realm of evil. God had nothing to do with them precious saints who was worshiping in Pittsburgh and some nut job come in there and kill them all under demonic influence. Some may say, well, God should have done this. God, he does not tempt with evil. Forever settled fact. He does not test us with sickness. He does not test us with sin or anything contrary to his word. Hold that thought. One more translation. It says the man who patiently endures the temptations and trials that come to him is truly a happy man. For once his testing is complete, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to all who love him. A man must not say when he is tempted that God is tempting me, for God has no dealings with evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone in this fashion. No, a man's temptation is due to the pull of his own inward desires, which can be enormously attractive. His own desires take hold of him, and that produces sin, and sin in the long run means death. Make no mistake about it, brothers of mine. So it's a forever settled fact that God does not tempt us with evil. But does he test us? I, I want to show you this because we, we can just give a blanket thing and, and say God does not test. God does not put us through any kind of a pressure thing. God wants to promote you. God wants to promote you. I think we're all ready to go to the next step. I don't want to just camp out at this certain plateau. I want to move up. I want to have more responsibility. Amen. Amen. So this is important to have discernment and to know, first of all, that God does not test us 
with any type of evil. Has anyone ever thought that God may lead them into an impossible situation? <coughs> Something that we physically could never accomplish, that God has purposely led us to an impossible situation. Why would he do that? Why would he put before us an obstacle or a mountain that we cannot seem to climb or get around? Because promotion and spiritual advancement lies on the other side of that. Are you with me? Spiritual advancement comes after you pass the test. Some may not agree with this, but I got some scripture verses for you. There is an opposition to our faith. There is the evil one who does not want you to ever grow in faith. The evil one wants you to stay in kindergarten where you are no threat to the kingdom or anybody else. Pretty quiet bunch in here today. I'd circle the word evil because it's in all translations. That is not how God tests us. Let's look at how he does test us. Because it is a good thing. Because he wants to promote us. No CEO of a company is going to give the reins of the company to a novice. It, it don't work that way. It does not work that way. You don't jump from first grade to uh, graduate school just because of your good looks. You have to go up the ladder. You have to pass from faith to faith. And I believe that we're on a mission. I hope that you're not happy. Oh, I, just, I just like it just like it is. I, I just like that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Well, the, the old time religion will kill you. He's asking you to come up to a different place. Glory to God. Glory to God. So let's look at Genesis 22. Moving on. Got a lot of things to talk about. I don't want to give you too much to digest. There's a part three to this. But them Jehovah Witnesses, they, they, they started something in me. You know, I told them that I, there's many things that we do agree on. Many things that we do agree on. What we do not agree on is how they view Jesus. I'm not going to, you know, belittle them or slice and dice or slam the door in their face because they are good people in a certain respect. I don't mind talking to them. Hallelujah. Sometimes I plant good seeds. There's some outfit in Oxford. That's where the man lives. And this woman was so overwhelmed. We come from a red hot service. I don't know. We had a guest speaker or something. And they caught us in the yard. Boy, I was ready for them. And she said, wow, you just blew me away. I can't even answer them questions. I got to go get the man. See, they come in two, two by two. One's the, the trained person, and the other one is the junior learning how to do it. And they don't want you to speak to the junior because they're not quite up there yet. But they're in training. But the, we do agree on many things. Glory to God. So anyway, let's go to Genesis. Because we are talking about the word that we started with is overcoming. Overcoming. Obstacles, pressure, many different things. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. Amen. Afflictions is not necessarily sickness. Afflictions mean pressure. Sometimes I've been under pressure that I was about ready to crack. And then I remembered in Colossians, it says... That Christ in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. The pressure begins to, yeah, I'm not looking so much on the world and all of these things that people can do. And am I going to lose my job? Is 
price of gasoline. I don't have to worry about them things because he wants us to pass the test. We got some scripture verses for you. Everybody happy? Let's look at Genesis 22, verse 1 and 2. This is out of the Amplified. After these events, God tested and proved Abraham. He did what? He tested and proved Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go on to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell you. So it very clearly says in black and white that God tested and proved Abraham. Does, does, is that what it says? It says, in an, I guess in the Amplified, or maybe another version, I look at so many of them, it said that God tested the faith and commitment of Abraham. God tested Abraham's faith and obedience to do what the Lord had commanded him. See, Hollywood and some of the movies that we watch says, oh, what a, what a terrible thing. God commanded Abraham to sacrifice his only son. How terrible that was. But it tells us in Hebrews that he already seen, he already knew that even if God were to take my only son, he was going to raise him up. He'd already seen it. He already knew it. That was a forever settled fact. So God trusted the father in this test. So if God asks us to do something, we're going to be okay. Amen. If it's evil, if it's sexual, if it's something outside of the word of God, then you can know that God is not in it. Because he does not tempt us, try us, or test us that way. But it very clearly says he tested the faith and commitment. He proved Abraham in this matter. He proved him. This was God at work. Why did he prove him and test him? Because he was going to promote Abraham. Abraham was going to be promoted above and beyond anybody in his day. Amen. Let's look at another scripture. Deuteronomy 8. Verse 2, it says, And thou shalt remember all of the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thy heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or not. Once again, it said that God wanted to examine their heart to see what was in it, to prove, to prove who they are and what was in their heart. So once again, this is God at work because he was going to promote them. Amen. Don't be afraid of your promotion. The wonderful story in Matthew 25, it speaks of the, oh, 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 I, I believe that's where it's at, it speaks of the servants who was all given an equal share and one did this and the master was happy and the other one did this. And the master was happy and giving much gain and the one who did nothing with it, he was not that happy with because he wanted to promote him too. The other two got promoted to uh, greater things and that's what his desire is for us to promote by way of overcoming. By way of overcoming. See, too many in the church is very soft. It says in Proverbs that God has knocked out the teeth of the lion. But sometimes we're so soft that we can just be gummed to death. 
there's a few people that hasn't come in a long time because Pastor Mike, his political views differ from mine and I'm not going to have it. I, I just use, I just won't put up with it. You know, we've got the right to disagree. We don't have to fight and do things. You know, nobody, everybody doesn't have to agree with everybody. But we sometimes can be too soft. So we find out that God led the people to prove them. Do you know that when they left Egypt, God took them to the place where they was boxed in with these mountains and the only thing that was before them was the Red Sea? He took them there. He led them right to this place where they had nothing but total dependence on him. This was the testing, do you believe me or do you not? We talked about that last week. That place of total dependence on him alone is where he led them. He led them to an impossible situation and afterward spiritual promotion came. Can I give you a couple more? Luke chapter 1, we talked about this last week. Luke chapter 4, I mean. And I will find it the same story in Matthew chapter 4. I didn't give you that one. Chapter 4 of Luke, verse 1, it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Did you hear that? Who led Jesus to the Mount of Temptation? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the one who led Jesus into the wilderness. Chapter 4 of Matthew says verse, basically the same thing, but it says that Jesus was led of the Spirit up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Did you hear that? This place of testing, trying, pressure, all of these things, it says Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So who led Jesus? The Holy Spirit. See, Jesus was fixing to get a major promotion. He was stepping out of his earthly ministry into public ministry. And he passed the test. So we see there's many more scriptures that shows the right way of testing. And so many times God gets a bad rap because of some calamity or some earthquake or some fire or some shooter or somehow, somewhere, God was behind all that. God has nothing to do with that. God has nothing to do with that. But it does say that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan. So God was taking Jesus to the next level. Some people are probably well ahead of me. And I like to be challenged. I don't know all the answers by any means. But the Lord's Prayer says something very interesting in it that sounds like it could be a contradictory statement. It says in the Lord's Prayer to lead me not into temptation. Does it not say that? To lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this is very interesting. We're talking about testing. We're talking about pressure. We're talking about trials. But now Jesus is saying, pray to the Father such as this. Lead us not 
into these things, but deliver us from the evil one. Very interesting. Sounds like a contradiction. But the word, it said, when the Holy Spirit led Jesus up into the mountain, there's a different word in this one. It said that Jesus was led or to pray to be led into. So what does all of this mean? It means that we in our daily prayers can ask God to lead us around temptation and deliver us from the evil one if the temptation or trial is not for our maturity or our promotion. Isn't that good? He can lead us around the trials and the temptations and protect us if this is the onslaught of the devil. But if this is a test that he has given us because he wants to give us spiritual advancement, he will lead us through. We're going through. We're going through. If we find ourselves in a difficult place, know that you're going to go through it. If the if it's orchestrated by the evil one, know that Jesus is going to protect you and you are going to go around them things. But there are some things that he wants us to just go through it. Yea, though I go through. Amen. Hallelujah. We doing okay? A couple more scriptures. John 6. I won't overwhelm you. I hope not. There's just so much here. I'll give you one more, one more scripture. John 6, let's look at verse 5. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? We're speaking of Jesus feeding the 5,000 plus. He said, Whence shall we buy bread, or where shall we buy bread, that these people may eat? Verse 6, And this he said to prove him, for he already knew himself what he would do. So this was a setup, and Philip almost passed the test. He almost passed the test. He was right on the edge. But Jesus set him up and asked him some questions to prove him, to prove where his faith was, to prove what is in your heart. Is somebody getting anything out of this? Hallelujah. So we've got our flesh, who is our worst enemy. And of course, we've got the devil. If we allow him to have an inroad, he can cause us a lot of problems. Amen. But everything God is doing, if it's him that's behind the test, is for our own good. Because we've got to grow up in him. We don't want the devil to knock us around and beat us down and give us a black eye and a bloody nose and stuff every time we turn the corner. Amen. We're going to go through them things. Somebody said, new level, new devil. You're always going to be tried and, and put to the test and Satan's always going to try to steal your faith and quench the fire that's in you. But we can't let him have it. If he can steal it, it's nobody's fault but our own. So don't move from that place of faith that you are in because your faith is what's going to overcome. If you're going to overcome the evil one, it's going to be with faith. It's going to be believing in the blood of the Lamb that cleansed you from all things, but you've got to have the faith to believe in that. So that's why we have to keep encouraging you to just keep pushing in and those who hear this repeatedly is going to believe it and they're going to step out and do mighty exploits for the kingdom of God. So last week, final scripture, I promise, Hebrews 11, 6. 
We learned a new word last week. It says in Hebrews 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. But the word we looked at last week, the word without is a Greek word, C-H-O-R-I-S, which means that we could be in faith or out of faith at any given time. The word describes a scenario where we could be in the building or outside of the building. We could be in the grocery store or outside of the grocery store. We could either be in or out at any given time. But we spoke about residing at the address of faith and not go outside of the address of faith. When we step out and pack our bags and move outside of the realm of faith, then we're going to make lousy decisions. Then life is going to be burdensome and hard for us. But this word is very spectacular because it means that we can either be in or we could be out. So the word in its very definition means that it has perimeters, it has borders, it has boundaries that just like we could either live in the city or outside of the city. We could actually say that Hebrews 6, when you live outside of faith, living beyond its boundaries and perimeters, it is impossible to please him. So we cannot allow ourselves through discouragement, through whatever have you, to cause us to pack our bags and move. Amen. Amen. You know, I believe if you were to take a poll, even in our city, in our community, that you would find many, many people that say that they know Jesus. They believe in Jesus. They once went to church. But they've packed their bags and they've moved outside of the realm of faith. And life is a hard road for them. Because their dependence is now moved from Jesus Christ to other things. And life is not easy getting outside of the will of God. So we cannot allow ourselves to change addresses, to move outside of the realm or the address of faith. He goes on to say that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. It takes diligence and commitment to stay in faith. Do you agree? It takes diligence. It takes commitment to stay in faith. And sometimes it's not always easy. But we as believers, we can do it because we are overcomers. I said we are overcomers. Hallelujah. We have to believe that. The first scripture I read is the last scripture I'm going to read. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In Christ Jesus, knowing his word, trusting his promises, standing on his word, having faith in his word, we could just add to this, but you will have perfect peace in and confidence. But in the world you will have tribulations, trials, distresses, and frustrations but be of good cheer take courage be confident be certain be undaunted for i have overcome the world and i have deprived it from its power to harm you and i have conquered it for you somebody give jesus a praise this morning so we are overcomers not by our own strength not by our education but in christ and christ alone that is the place that we have to reside in the place of faith. Let's stand to our feet. Father, I believe that each and every one that comes faithfully today are the hungry ones. You said in your word that those who come to you hungry and thirsty, they shall not be deprived of what they've come for, that they will be filled I thank you, Father, that you are the one who fills us with all good things. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that in 
the lives of the people that I'm looking at right now, I believe that there is a spiritual promotion. I believe that you want to take them to a higher level in Christ Jesus. I believe that the hour is late, that the time of all things is drawing near, and there's much work to be done. I thank you, Father, that those who are complacent, that you're beginning to stir the fire within them. Those who don't understand, that you're giving them revelation and revealing the word of God to them. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is doing a great thing in the works of people. And I believe that we're going someplace. We're going to a place of spiritual advancement. We're going to a place of promotion. We're going to the high place in Christ Jesus. So I just say that the people, may they receive the word in their heart today and not allow the fowls of the air to steal the seed that was sown in their heart this day. That you would show them, Lord Jesus, that they are an overcomer, that the victory that overcomes the world has been given to them through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all we have to do is receive it by faith Believe it and, and consider it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you.